Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. Last week I talked about, about holy drip. I talked about how we can drip holiness, and there's some things that hide us and stop us from dripping the holiness in our lives. And then I also... And then this week, talking about something a little bit a little bit deeper this week, and this is a little bit more heavy. I do have an illustration. This is a this is a message that I took notes from from a youth conference when I was I think I was fifteen when I went to this conference, and and this message really helped me with the things in my life. And so, if you would just pay attention and and lean your ears in to this word, Philippians one twelve through twenty six is where I'm going to be using as my uh, baseline for this message. Verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard, and to everyone else, I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have come, become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. So he's talking about the rivalry within the churches. But he says this in verse 18. But what does it matter? What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, again, I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will always, well, I, I read that wrong, I will no, in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as, now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life nor by death, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this means fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? That's the question. What shall I choose? He's choosing between, I kind of want to die, because if I die, I'll be with Christ. And it's far better than being in these chains. That's what he said. He said, I'd rather die. But he also says this. He says, he says, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm Torn between the two, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for the progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. The title of this message is Choose Your Chains. Choose Your Chains. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we pray that you open up ears and open up hearts. Lord, any distractions, any type of fatigue. Lord, we pray that 
that you help us to receive no matter what we're going through right now, Lord, that we can hear from you in this time and in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, how many of you are control freaks in here? Raise your hand. No control freaks in here, really? You can't lie. No lying in church. I know some of us can be control freaks. And, and I was kind of a control freak at, at age 15. Because that was the funny part. This message was exactly for me at age 15 because, because I hated when I couldn't do the stuff I wanted to do at 15. And it wasn't even bad stuff. It was the smallest stuff. I couldn't go to certain places. I couldn't hang out with certain friends. I couldn't even go to the, to watch a, a simple movie that didn't see, even seem that bad. And I couldn't, I, I felt like I lost control. Like, like to everyone who's a control freak in here, this message really is for you. But, but for everyone in here, this is your message. Because, because I learned that, that if my, 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 my desire for control is threatened, I feel a little anxious. I get very fearful when I lose control. And the reason why I bring this up is because Paul was going through the same situation in Philippians 1, where he was talking about how he's in chains. And he didn't choose to be in these chains, but he's there anyways. And he's there in chains, chains for Jesus Christ. And it didn't make any sense at first because, because Paul is one of the like greatest apostles of all time. He wrote most of the New Testament. And because of him, we have the gospel more explained a lot more clearly, a lot more in a better format. And, you know, I realized that, that, that these chains that he was dealing with, he was kind of accepting it. He was accepting that he was in these chains. And, and it kind of confused me because I thought of when I first hear the word chains, I hear like, like being chained to sin or, or a slave to sin. But the way Paul talks about it, he's meaning literally, but I want to look at it in your life in a emotional, mental context about chains. And I want to show you this in, in, in a, in a, in a few moments, but, but I brought it up because Paul is one of the greatest missionaries, but in right now in the situation in his life, he has no control of it. It's out of his control. And he actually started in Philippi. That's why this was written in Philippians. It started in Philippi. And I learned that, that in, if you read the book of Acts, you'll understand what happened in Philippians. He was actually, once he was imprisoned, he was in his chains, right? But, but I learned something with what he did in Acts. Paul actually worshiped and sang to the Lord while he was in prison, which doesn't make sense. If I'm in prison, I ain't singing nothing. I'm depressed as heck. I ain't singing anything. I ain't doing anything. But Paul actually worshipped in his chains. As a matter of fact, when he did this, not just his chains, but all the other chains in the prisoners in that prison, the chains fell off. The chains fell. So as a side note, and I put this on, on another point, your praise breaks chains. Your praise breaks chains. And what do I mean by that? I mean your worship breaks chains. I mean, I mean anything that you do, anything, cause here's the deal. Here's the deal. Listen up. Pay attention. Pay attention. You don't want to, I don't want you to miss this. This is what happens when you decide, when you decide to start praising God while in the midst of chains, right? In the midst of chains, you will start to feel freedom in a way that only worship can bring. 
If that's why none of us want to raise our hands or, and I know Miss Felicia gave you the authority to not do it, but that's why we're so afraid to lift our hands because we're in chains or we're in chain to something. I'm not saying that you can't, that you're, that you're filled with guilt and shame and all that. Maybe some of us aren't, but, but some of us have this, have this, have this, this blockage when we try to praise God, when we try to worship him, it gets difficult because trust me, I was 15. I was a kid a few years ago. I get it where I couldn't lift my hands because of what, not just because of what I was doing, but because of what I thought, man, what will people think? Or, 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 or what would, what would God think if I just raised my hands? But, but, but I, but I do things that I'm not supposed to do, or I'm trying to do things that, that doesn't really glorify God in a way. But, but, but worship breaks chains. Your praise to the Lord breaks the chains off your life. And you don't have to wait until the chains fall. You can praise God in your chains so that you can actually be set free. I had to declare it over my life. I had to say, even though I was in chains, I was free. Even though I was in chains, I was saved. Even if the chains are on my feet, I still have a living hope. So your praise breaks chains. And that's why we can't worship because we feel like there's a blockage. We feel like there's this, there's something, maybe it's unbelief in a way. Ooh, we're not supposed to say we don't believe in God in church, right? But, but some of us have that issue where we have a hard time worshiping because sometimes it feels, it doesn't feel real or it doesn't feel authentic. It feels fake. But once you get to a point where you stop caring about what people think about you, hello, when you start to live in an authority where people's opinions don't matter, and you stop pleasing others, that's when you can start worshiping. Because I learned that. I learned that my praise always broke chains. Because here's what the enemy will do to you. He's strategic. He's, he, he's defeated, but he's strategic. And he can still get us in certain ways if we're not paying attention. He will use, you probably had a thousand and one, I say a thousand and one, a thousand excuses to not worship God. You can probably have a thousand excuses. I know that's overkill but you can have multiple excuses to not worship God in the way that you can worship God. And, and I realized something. If you bypass the guilt and the shame and the dysfunction and the problems you have at home or at school, if you bypass that and you just say, Lord, here I am, chains start to break. Chains start to fall. Because when, when praise rises, chains start to fall. So your praise breaks chains. Your praise breaks chains. You don't have to wait to praise God when you're out of your chains. Because that's what we want. We want God to get us out of our chains. Then we can praise him. Lord, I got to get right before I can praise you. I have to get all, I got to get myself together before I praise you. And that's religion. That's religiosity. I don't like that. What I do enjoy that God has given us freely is that we can worship even though we have infirmities, which means, which means dysfunction, frustration, issues. We can bring that to the presence of the Lord and he won't be affected by it. He won't be affected by it. So you can praise God even with the issues that you deal with. I can still praise God even if I'm upset. Yeah. I can still praise God even when I'm kind of pissed off right now. Yeah. I think an angry praise is a lot cooler than just a, some sugar-coated cute praise. I'm just saying. But, but what I want you to know is, is that if you 
decide to bypass all that stuff that's blocking you, all that stuff that's blocking you from you praising God the way you should praise God as a child of God, then you can really start to break chains in your life. But until we get to that point where we learn that our worship breaks bondages and that we praise the Lord from his name, and that's what praise does. If we don't attend to that, then the chains won't break. It's the power of a single choice. That's where the word choose comes in. Making a choice. Making a choice. I learned something that Paul, like I told you from the beginning, Paul didn't choose his chains. Paul didn't choose it. Because here's the deal. Paul could, could preach way more if he wasn't in those chains. Wouldn't you agree? He could preach to way more people if he wasn't in a prison. And some of us feel that way. Some of us feel like because of our chains, we, chains, we can't grow. Or because of some of our chains, we can't develop or push forward. Or we can't, or we can't get this because this is in the way or that is in the way. And we can't, we feel like we can't learn or grow because of what's keeping us in bondage. I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about the other junk you deal with, the other stuff that you deal with. And that's the issue is that we let what's blocking us Push forward because of what the chains that we're dealing with. It's about choosing your chains. It's all about a choice as well. Like I said, it's always about a choice. Some of us didn't choose our chains of what we're dealing with. Some of us have pain in our bodies. Some of us have eating disorders. Some of us have mental disorders. Some of us have learning disabilities. Some of us have, some of us have overthinking thoughts. Some of us have addictions. Some of us have all these things. And you didn't choose it. And, and the reason why I know you didn't choose it is because you feel like God won't take it away. Because I learned God won't take away what he didn't even choose for us sometimes. He'll let it bypass and he'll let it use, let it be used, but he does not give us the chains. But even if he doesn't take it away, Whatever that is in your life, whatever chain he doesn't take away, here's the question. Here's the question. Will you let God use your chains for his glory? Will you let God use the chains that you deal with for his, for his majesty? Because some of us are afraid to be used by God because of what we, what we have on the inside, but but I've learned, even in my own walk, that if I let that stop me from glorifying God, from pursuing the Lord, then I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm not going to get nowhere. So you have to realize something. That will you let God use those chains that you're dealing with? And it's hard to hear that. How? How? How can God use that? It's, it's messed up. God can't use something that's imperfect. That's the point. That's the point. God's willing to use imperfection to show his perfection. But we don't see that. We always think it's always, it's always the reverence people. It's always the, the pastoral people. It's always the, the, the high godly people, the holier than thou people. But God can use someone like a little teenager that gave Jesus five loaves and two fish and said, this is all I have, Lord. And he gave it to Jesus. And guess what? Jesus was able to feed 5,000 people. If he can use a young boy like that, what means he can't use a dysfunctional thing like us? A dysfunctional thing like me. I have my dysfunctions. Yeah, I do. 
but I've learned that God has used my chains to glorify his name, to glorify him in a way that I would have never imagined. And that's another thing. Paul could have assumed that God didn't love him because why would God leave me in prison if he loved me? And some of you will walk away from God because he won't give you the answer to the prayer that you wanted and you won't even understand that he, that God is using the thing that you want him to take away to show everybody else around you who he is through you. So you don't, you get upset that God's not taking away the chains, but what if he's actually using something that you want him to take away to be used so that people can see who God is in your life? Because some of us get, 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 get shaken up when we don't use our, when we don't use our testimony. We don't want to talk about our past. We don't want to talk about what we used to do or even what we do now. But, but that's what testimonies are all about. That's what brings people to Christ is that, hey, I used to, I used to do all that stuff. Sometimes I still have those habits of stuff. But it's what you choose. It's in the power of a little choice. It's in the power of a choice. Now, I'm not talking about big choices. I'm not talking about like when you get married. That's like in the future. Y'all are too young for that. But, But I'm talking about the little choices. The devil's good at this. He will get you to make little choices to put you in bondage tomorrow. It's just a little choice. It's just a little choice. And I'm not giving the devil devil credit, but he is smart. If the enemy can get you to make choices that can compromise who you are, that means that today's choices will become tomorrow's chains. Whatever choices you make cause your bondage tomorrow. That's how the devil works. He He won't show you the whole chain. He'll show you a choice. One little choice, one little chain, one little thing. I want you to put that on the screen, Matt. Choice. That's what he wants you to do. God's not going to give you a brain tumor if you cuss. Like, God won't, God won't, the, the legalistic part is that we think God will punish us or ban us if we do one little small mistake. The grace of God is, is available to cover everything that you do. But the one thing, here's the catch. Look to your neighbor and say, there's a catch. There's a catch. The catch is, is that the grace of God will not cancel out the consequence of your choice. That's the one thing you have to realize. When you make a choice, know that the grace of God will cover it, but every choice has a consequence, whether a good one when you make a good choice or a consequence, a bad consequence when you make a bad choice. It's all about choice. And no one, te- no one ever taught me this until I was 16 because I was, I was in my own stuff at 14, 15 years old. And it was all by a little choice. It was just one thing. It was just one choice. But here's the issue. Then it became a habit. Then I started to do it all the time. And I still liked it. It was that one choice. Maybe it was something. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that's kind of true, but really you shouldn't do. Anger can get you great results. Being angry with someone and pushing something can get you great results. But when you do that, people you push people away, and then they don't want to hang out with you anymore because of your anger issues. So it all starts with a choice, and then you start to continually do it with anger. And you're just constantly doing it and doing it and doing it. And then it gets scarier because it's not even a choice anymore. It becomes automatic. 
automatic. You're just automatically doing it. You're not even choosing to do it anymore. It's just coming out of you. It's just naturally just coming out of you. And it just, it was just a choice. It was just a choice. It was just one thing. It was this one small choice I made. And then it became a habit. I started to do it more often. Then it became automatic and I just started to continuously do it. Then it becomes your identity. Now you're known for this. Now you're known for, for, for these things. You're known for comparison, for comparing yourself to others. You're known, you're known for the addictions that you have. You're known, you're known for, for having a, a sailor's mouth. You're known for this. That's who you are. And then to the point where it becomes your nature. You just naturally, it just flows right out of you. Oriana can come up. I asked Oriana to do this illustration with me. Because I want to show you this. I want you to hold this, Oriana. Come see. It's just one choice. Hold it up. It's just one choice. Hold it up like this. It's just one choice. It's just one thing. The devil only wanted you to make one choice. But because of one choice, it's just one little chain, because of one choice, the devil wanted you to just, because that's what he does. He's not going to show you the whole thing. He's going to do it in choices. He's going to do it in habits. Then it becomes automatic. Put this on for me. It becomes automatic. Now, you can let it go. Now it becomes automatic. I'm going to put this on. Then it becomes automatic. And then it becomes your identity. And then it becomes second nature. So the devil can do this. Now the devil can do that. Now he has you on a leash. Try and go away. Try and go away. Uh Uh-uh. No, thank you. It hurt. I'm sorry. Back up. It started off with a choice. So what the devil did was he waited for you to get into your most vulnerable moments. Go, go, go. Now, I know you're a girl, right? But we're just going to pretend she's a dude, okay? Just for a second. Because you're 14, right, Oriana? Okay, so if she was a guy at 14, if God can get you, if, not God, the devil, if the devil can get you addicted to porn at 14, and you try to back up, you try to love your wife. Keep going, keep going. You try to you try to talk and stuff like that. Okay, for girls. Okay, I'm I'm a try, I'm a, I don't know a lot about it, but <laughs> but 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 comparison. If I compare, if you compare yourself to TikTok artists at at 15, just random, you won't be able to accept the affirmation from people, even your own husband, because you're so con- constantly go. Trying to, you're trying to get away. But it started, it literally, it's good. It just started with a choice. And so now go back, go back, go back, do it again. See, he, she tries to get away. She can't do it. I'm stronger than you. <laughs> Stop it. You're going to pop it. It starts with a choice. It starts with one choice, y'all. That's how strategic the devil is. If he can get you to do one thing once, one thing with your friends once, one thing in your addictions once, then he can, now you can't even choose to leave. You're in bondage to a chain. You're in bondage because it started with a choice. Then it became a habit. Then it was just automatic. Now it was who you are, and now it's your second nature. You can't even get away. She's like, man, I want to get out of this. But that's not, that's not what it is. 
Because that's what the devil wants a lot of you in. Because let me tell you something, I'm sick and tired of seeing children of God in chains like this. I'm sick and tired of it. Because guess what? You might, let me tell you something. Like, like Ms. Felicia said, you might, your parents might have brought you here. Or you might have just come just because of your friends. But God wanted you here for a specific reason, for a specific purpose, because he needed you to hear this to all in here who are at bondage. Because your chains are holding you back. But here's the cool thing that Paul said. Matt, put up uh, chapter 1, verse 18. I want to show you all this. Philippians 1, 18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that, stop right there, whatever you say after that determines what you're chained to. What's the most important thing? Because, because choices can become important. Whatever you choose will be important to you. And once, and once, it's, once it's that choice, now, now you're bondage to it. Now it's important. Because here's the thing, even with sin, Sin was just a pleasurable thing in the moment, but now it's a need. Now you need it. But now you can't get away from it because you need it. Does that make sense? You need it. But I'm going to I'm, I'm I'm, I'm talk about this. I'm going to talk about being chained to grace. Now this is where it gets good. This is where it gets good. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm chained to grace. Look to the other neighbor and say, for real, I'm chained to grace. Because, because back up, back up. Because here's the deal with Grace. And I've learned this because Paul actually said that his chains advanced the gospel. So what does that mean? That means that he was okay with what his chains were so that he could glorify God. So if I decide, if God doesn't take the chains away, I'm not just talking, like I said, I'm not just talking about sin because you need to be set free from sin. But, but if it's habits, if it's old mindsets, if it's something that you just do that might have turned into a, a bondage, because let me tell you something, you're not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to fear. But I am a child of God. So, so Paul was like, even though I'm in these chains, it's glorifying God. It's advancing the gospel. So watch what this does. This is what the chains of grace do. Because a lot of people have this flack of like, okay, a lot of people fall away from the faith. I don't believe that because the reason why they fall away from the faith is because they were never in the faith to begin with. They just saw, saw the facade and never really engage the Lord as what they were supposed to. That's why people, because I believe being chained to grace is for real. Because this is what God does. Go away. Try and go away. You try to run away from God. This is when you're saved. If you don't believe that, check, check your heart, obviously. But, but, but with being chained to grace is like this. I've done this thousands of times. There have been times where I've wanted to quit. There's been a thousand times where I've wanted to walk away. There are times where I wanted to do my own stuff rather than what God wanted to do. But guess what God did? Go, go. <laughs> Open on rest. He held on to me. This is what the grace of God does. I hope this encourages you. Even though you try to walk away, the grace of God will never let go of you. It will never let go of you because he loves you that much to not let you go, even though you mess up, even though you make stupid decisions, and you know you make stupid decisions. We stupid sometimes. But, but God is willing to hold on no matter what because he cares about you that much. He cares about you that much. And I'm not talking like I'm your, I'm your parent, I'm not your parent, but I'm talking like an older brother. I know what the chains feel like. I know what they feel like. Jacob, you don't know what I'm going through. I know exactly. 
I know exactly what you're going through because I was in that. I was so neck deep in pornography that I couldn't even be convicted anymore. I was so numb to it. You can get numb to your sin. And that's what happened. I was enchained to it. But once that reverses, and now I'm learning that my identity is not in my, and not what I deal with, but in who God is and in his grace, I'm chained to it now. It's my identity. My identity is not the chains that I deal with. It's the chains of who God is and his grace. The chains of grace. And I want you to get this tonight. I want you to understand that even though you're enchained, are you going to let God use those dysfunctions to glorify his name? To glorify his name. And I want you to look at that tonight. Y'all can stand up and we can, I don't have anyone on keys, but that's okay if you want to take that off your hand. You want to go sit with it? No. You sure? Yeah. Thank you. Have a seat. But let me tell you something. It's an issue. It's an issue when we think that, because that's the legalistic part. You probably, it's pro- maybe your parents tell you this, or I don't know, what, whatever the scenario is, maybe, maybe someone in your life, that they always tell you that, that, that what you do is going to be your end, which is true. Some of the choices we make will make us to an end where we don't want to be. But what I want to tell you is, is that if you would bypass what you, what you deal with and actually bring it to the Lord and actually let God use it for His glory then you can be really set free from chains. You can be really set free from chains because that's the issue. You're so glued to, if I'm in these chains, because you identify yourself with what you're dealing with. You identify yourself with your chains and you're not identifying with who God is in your life. So now that's why you're in bondage because you identify with that rather than the Lord himself. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to take this moment to finish this off. Y'all pay attention. Close your eyes and no looking around. I want us to take this moment. Matt, can you put on some music? A little music. I want to take this moment. And if you're in here, now we can't do an altar call. I really wanted to do that. But but I wanted to let y'all know that, that God is willing. He's not, and that's the thing that, that a lot of people don't understand is that God has no judgment towards you. He has no, he has no, he's not upset. Because that's what people will make you think. I think, I think the Lord wants to to touch your hearts more than any other age because you guys are important to the kingdom. You are. No matter how young you are, no matter how dysfunctional you feel, God wants to use. He wants to use you in a way that even though your chains feel like a bondage, but God wants to use it for his glory. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you in this moment. If that's you, if you feel, if you feel like you identify with your chains more than the Lord, I want you to raise your hand. If you identify with your chains, what you're dealing with more than your chain, more than the grace of God. There's no shame. Because shame and guilt stop you from experiencing God's love and God's grace in your life. Some of us, some of us are, 
Maybe it's not, maybe it's not even just because you're in bondage to it. Maybe it's because you just, you just don't understand or don't care. But let me tell you something, it's not good because I know what the chains can do. I'm telling you, I have cried out to God thousands of times to take away my chains, to take away the stuff I'm dealing with. And I've asked him thousands of times to heal me, but it always felt like he didn't do that. But he showed me something. He said, he showed me and he said, I'm gonna be with you in the dark valley. I'm gonna be with you in that dark valley. Even though, even though I don't take them away, this is what the Lord wants to tell you. If I don't take them away, will you let me use them? Just because he doesn't take it away doesn't mean that he just can't use you or you feel like your chains block you back. So if that's you, raise your hand. Acknowledge it. Because t- let me tell you something, chains block God in your life. blocks in your life. See the hands. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you. I wish we can do an altar call, but I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. But I want you to know that God's willing to welcome you with the chains that you have because religion tells you that you have to bring it to the Lord. You have to make right before you can talk to God, before you can get into the presence. But but the biblical standpoint of salvation is I can go to God even with the feeling of my infirmities and he can handle it. He can handle it. So Father, I ask, Lord, on behalf of these students that have lifted their hands and a sign of, Lord, I identify myself with my chains more than your grace. Father, we ask, Lord, that you bind out chains. Lord, that our praise and our worship binds out the chains, Father. Lord, no matter what's going on in our life, Lord, we know that you, that you can set us free. But before you set us free, Lord, you want to show us something. Lord, we always want to take the chains away. Lord, we always want stuff to get out of our life. But Lord, you're showing us that you want to use it for a certain reason and a certain purpose. Father, we ask, Lord, that that in our lives, no matter what we're dealing with, Lord, we know that we don't have to let it stop us from pursuing you and being more righteous with you. And Lord, we ask for this. And we declare this over, I declare this over every student's life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we cast out all chains. But Lord, before we cast out all chains, Lord, identify with them, meet them where they're at. You're God enough to save them, but you're man enough to meet them where they're at, no matter what they're dealing with. So Father, we ask, Lord, that you save them from these chains. But before you do that, we know you want to meet them here, Lord. So meet them here. Lord, meet them here. No matter what they're going through, Lord, we know that you are always with us. Even in the dark valley, you take us through it. So so we can trust you in a way, so that we can know you in a way, that we can see you in a way, that we can praise you in a way that is far greater than we could ever imagine. Lord, we know that you work all things together. Not just for our good, but Lord, for your glory and for our purpose. So we ask for this and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.